Wait, 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 wait. Is it three, two, one clap or is it three? How do we? Oh my god! <laughs> three, two, one clap. You just said it. Dun 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 dun. We're back again. Just a thought. Hello, my friends. It's Tom, Marlon, and Daniel. Welcome. Coming back with another episode. This time we're talking about Deep Work by Cal Newport. Episode Again. number three, the continuation. Listen, let me just be very clear with you, my listeners. If you're listening to us talk about this book for a third time, might I suggest to you, go buy the book. Give it a read. Because if you've taken the time, I mean, I am flattered, to be honest, if you're listening to this third episode. If you've taken the time to listen to us talk about this three separate occasions, I mean, you must be interested in what Calvin Newport's talking about, right? Buy the book. Give it a read. Get it on audiobook. Give it a listen. It's a pretty damn good book. I'm excited to be back here talking about it because one of the things I like about our book episodes is that it helps us reinforce these concepts that we use all the time. And Deep Work's got a lot of good stuff. And we're going to get right into it. So where did we left off? We should put the referral link to the book. Yeah, we should have like Amazon links. Yeah. Yep. Amazon affiliate. We'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> I think we left off uh, on rule number two. We just finished up. So we're in the section on like how to actually engage in deep work. Rule number one is work deeply. I think we finished that up. And uh, now we're going to move on to rule number two, embrace boredom, followed by rule number three, maybe the scariest rule of them all, quit social media. It's a tough one. Mm. I don't know how you guys feel about that. And then rounding them out with drain the shallows. So that's all the rules, right? Let me just double check, make sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rule number two, embrace boredom. (laughs) You know, I think this and quit social media actually kind of go hand in hand. Because a lot of times, you know, like your phone, looking at social media can be like a replacement for boredom, right? Like when you have a free moment, just kind of natural, like check your phone, even if you don't have any notifications or anything, you know, you just like look at stuff. And um, I think we have like a lack of boredom in our society in some ways. It's become strange to be bored. Like there's this, there's this need for like constant stimulus, constant entertainment. Mm. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's like a, it's something that, you know, can actually be pretty healthy, pretty helpful to have in your life, to take a break. Yeah, I guess what he's also talking about in the book is like what you say, the status quo right now where boredom is not really present in the society anymore. We're constantly switching from one input to the next, from one stimuli to the next. 
which can be quite devastating for your brain, right? Because you do multitasking constantly. Like you're not really focusing that much on one thing deeply. You multitask, you switch very fast from one thing to the next. And right. I mean, that's the thing, like the, to work really deeply, right? This deep concentration, um, it's like a muscle that needs to be trained. So now consider you not really doing that on a constant, like you don't, you don't, not only do you not engage in deep concentration on a day to day basis most of the time, or maybe you are, maybe you already are, but like most people probably don't, how he explains it in the book. Um, but you're also doing multitasking all the time. So you don't actually give your brain any rest in between. You're not really embracing that downtime actually at all. So, which can be also really devastating for your brain as well. Right. Yeah. I think we mentioned it in one of these previous episodes and also probably just in general discussion, like how, you know, using your phone, like just looking, consuming content on social media or just, you know, sending messages to your friends, it's really not a break, right? Like we think of it as this break. We're taking a break from work to like check our phone, but you're working during that. Like you're, you're thinking, you're like, your mind is active. So like you're really just switching to something else. Like you said, Marlon, it's more like multitasking than like actually taking a break. And that starts to degrade at the actual work that you're doing. Like it, it becomes harder to get into a deep work state when you have this, you know, scattered focus. And I think that's the, that's sort of like the Pandora's box of like having a phone or having access to the internet is like, it is this great tool. It is something that's like very valuable and you have access to all this information. And at the same time, you can get lost in it very easily. You know, like just the other day, actually yesterday I was doing some work and I was, I was going to message someone to schedule a meeting related to the work that I was doing. And I open up my phone and I see that I have like all these new messages and I immediately get sidetracked into like responding to all of these messages. And I put my phone down. I'm like, what was I doing? And I like look at the computer. I'm like, oh shit, I was trying to schedule this, this meeting with somebody. And I, I completely forgot about it, even though like, you know, that was what I initially was trying to do when I opened up my phone. So, you know, like it, it's very easy, even if you do have like some practice and this is very easy to kind of like get lost in the yeah in the endless options of of a phone or just the internet in general mm. and so having structure around that like having like having more awareness noticing how it can be more of a distraction than it is actually something that like is a break for you and yeah creating more structure around like how you use it um i think can be really really productive and that's also interesting because he brings up a study where he kind of reiterates what are the side effects of constant multitasking. And one of the things is like people that multitask a lot, they, they cannot have a working memory or like a, a manager working memory, right? They're constantly and chronically distracted. So you're kind of a mental wreck if you constantly multitask like you so it has a complete opposite effect on your brain than you that you actually want to achieve with like deep work right and it can actually hinder you from achieving that state of deep work 
as well. Like if you constantly multitask, that's why we said like it's a it's a muscle that needs to be trained. And if you completely train the opposite direction, like you don't strengthen at all. Although maybe you think you're always engaging in some important things, right? But like actually you're not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mean. The first thing that, and, and that's probably going into the next rule as well, but he already mentions, mentions it in the rule number two here where he talks about this like break from social media, right? Or from technology in general, not only just social media and how people, like how that is a thing, like that's the current thing, at least when the book was written, right? And I think it's still a thing, like people really not only do social media breaks, but they also do like technology breaks, right? Or internet breaks in general. But he questions if that's actually a good thing, like where people take maybe a day or two off from social media or from um, from internet, um, and how that might actually not be enough or the right approach to the problem. Right. I mean, one of the reasons for that is that he says, like, for example, if you if you eat garbage the whole week, right, and then one day of the week you eat healthy, is that really going to make a difference? Like, is that going to really change your habit, change your ability to, or for your body to be healthy, right? Like, it's the same kind of effect. And I think that's kind of an interesting analogy here, like, or metaphor. What is the difference, right? Uh, analogy, analogy no, right? I think either one works. I think that's quite true. Like, if you think you can fix this habit or, like, this, this process, how you engage into technology or internet by just having one day where you take a break and that's enough. And uh, then again, like, he states that it's just the approach i think like the idea of it might not be wrong itself but like the approach i think it's it's kind of coming from a different angle like it's not about taking one day off it's actually transforming your overall approach to this thing right like how you embrace boredom in general and not how yeah. many times a week you embrace boredom right like i think that's kind of a crux there as well right definitely yeah you know it's tough i mean like i would say I fall into the category of maybe recovering social media addict. Um, and I think, you know, like I, I definitely appreciate where Cal is coming from. I think also there are ways of automating like the way that you like create things on social media so that like you're not hooked in, into this, uh, this platform as like a, a consumer. Um, for one, I think like, what you should, what is the absolute minimum you should do as far as your relationship with social media goes is turn off all notifications for social media. Like, do not be responsive to that stimulus because what that does is it creates that feedback loop, right? Where you actually get hooked on the feeling of like somebody engaging with something that you've created on social media. And so then you want to check it again to get that, like, you know, biochemical hit you want to get that like dopamine feedback every time somebody likes your stuff so for one like it, it if we're just talking about you know other options than like abandoning social media completely maybe that's just the the addict in me <laughs> rationalizing this at the very least turn off all your notifications and so like at that point it gives you it allows you to segment your use so that like you can have a specific time when you're actually using this he talks about this as far as like internet use goes and embrace boredom, you know, like how you, you know, like you want to have like internet blocks, like certain part, like certain parts of the day, 
or certain times when like you're using the internet and other times when you're not. I think it's the same thing for social media. So yeah, at the very least, turn off notifications so it's not distracting you. It's not like actively trying to get you engaged with it. And then also I'd say, you know, like think about it from the place of being a creator rather than being a consumer. Because I think like that's a that's a much more productive mindset for using social media. To me, it's like kind of sad if you're just on social media to like look at other people's stuff. And like obviously that can be a source of inspiration. It can sometimes be a source of knowledge. Um, but I think like it's it's much more uh productive to think of social media as a place for you to like actually create things and if you're doing that you're not focused on spending time on social media as much as you're focused on creating things that then are sent out and shared to everyone that you're connected with but with that being said maybe that's not a good maybe that's not a good strategy maybe you just have to go cold turkey and well i i will add to this (laughs) so uh in in iphone you have the downtime function so i use that quite often where you just set for example from 8 a.m to like 10 p.m you cannot use social media at all so if you click on an icon it will tell you that that you know it's uh, restricted of course you can click that you know unrestricted for 15 minutes right. but Ignore, that's yeah. that's another thing <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me personally it just reminds me that okay I, I don't i can't check this right now and i just have to focus on my work and then like at the end of the day i'll check it and most of the time like i didn't miss anything you know right like you just realize that like there is this fear that you will miss a lot of stuff, but you don't actually miss it at all. Yeah. In that sense, social media is kind of like going out to a club or something or just like having a night of like out on the town. It always seems like it's going to be better than it really is. Like it, it, the way you imagine it to yep. be, it's always, gonna, it's always better than it, the way that it ends up being. You're sitting there like scrolling through, through stuff. There's really nothing that amazing. You're sitting in the club. It's like there's loud music and like there are a bunch of people around. It's really not that amazing. But in your head, if you didn't do it, you would feel like you would mi- be missing this amazing thing. FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. <laughs> yep. That's what it's all yep. based on. But I think it's interesting, like coming back to the point of like embracing boredom, like he says we should not really like schedule occasional breaks from distractions, right? Like where you have the day or two off. We should rather schedule breaks from these intense focus sessions, right? That's that's where you should focus on. Like you should focus on having, like like I said, embrace the boredom once in a while from taking breaks, from actually focusing a lot of on certain things and stuff. Saying, well, I need a, I I I I shouldn't. I sh- should take a break from just like embracing boredom, right? Or embracing like social media, embracing the internet. Um, that's right. much more healthy approach to it. Right. Well, around like half a month ago, I was actually studying uh, German work culture. So we have a privilege today to, Uh-oh. you know, see the facts <laughs> for themselves. <laughs> so what I heard, what I read about is that German people, when they go to work, like they don't socialize at all like they're just working there because like when you go to work you just work and there is no chit chats like you know just in the office and you just focus on work and then you when you come back from work nobody disturbs you at all i'm not sure if that's true but that makes like with this book 
with you know uh, with deep work that really relates that they you know mm. have so much stuff accomplished in a day yeah it, it, i guess it really depends on the on the position right or the job like yep. if it's a very social environment like let's say you're working at a school or as a teacher or daycare or something like that where you have colleagues all day running around maybe it's a little bit different um or when you work with other people together right but if you have a just like an office work like an office job at a desk or something i could it's probably true like i know for like i know that we here in germany we for example when i was living in, in denmark like they have a much more social work environment i would say than in germany like they have friday bars at their workplace where they like where they drink together where they do something in the evening right or where they don't even work that long like it's much more social over there and i can certainly see the difference there which i mean when i heard that or when i was first introduced to that also also another thing like being a student over there when i did my degree like They have bars in every university, right? Where Fridays, they have Friday yep. bars going on. Like, So it's kind of like an ingrained cultural thing, which is very impressive and very cool, and which was a big shock to me as well because I never experienced that before. Like, That is not something you see in Germany. Like, You go to bars, but you don't have that already in the places where you do the work or where you study or where you basically... like have these deep focus sessions right like in universities and workplaces where they also embrace like yeah you can be bored here you can have fun here right like it's just it's fine um nobody will look at you weirdly and say like what uh, what's happening here? Like, that's yeah definitely i also can confirm that i was working in denmark so i was working at this company on the last like on the basement floor they had uh, football uh, you know tables and bar and ps4 xbox uh, a tennis table like whatever you want awesome basically to hang out after work or in between work uh, and in lithuania i also don't notice that at all like in offices unless it's a new startup that got a lot of investment they'll have some kind of entertainment inside mm. and i it's probably also a thing that is coming like it will be introduced more and more nowadays i guess with startups in general like google with having their employees be happy all the time by providing them a lot of value right at their workplace and keeping them like in a good state there i think that's it's just something that will happen over time more and more and more um even in other cultures where it's not really uh like that common right yep definitely which one do we take next what's next we're gonna move on to quit social media i mean are, are we kind of we've already kind of already talked about it um there's a specific i mean there's tactic in yeah chapter. i don't know there the last thing things i have here is just about different tactics to do more intensify your work Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like what he's talking about with like the 80-20 rule. And we could probably get into that. So, yeah, we've already mentioned it. Rule number three is quit social media. And I still haven't done it, to be honest. I'm still on social media. I still use it. I still create Instagram stories. It's certainly a distraction sometimes. Not going to lie. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I think what we mentioned before at least the mind, the mindset shift 
from thinking of like taking breaks from distraction to taking breaks from focus, right? Like, I think that's kind of the the first thing that you've got to get done. Um, understanding that like focus is is the hopefully the majority, uh, and distraction can be the minority. And then at that point, eliminating distraction even more through such tactics as quitting social media can be an even more productive step. Yeah, I think like the rule number three, he states like, because it's very black and white, right? People are either, oh, I'm using social media all the time or I I have no problem with using social media or I need to use social media. Or people saying like, oh my God, you use social media. You have to completely get rid of social media. Like he, he's suggesting like a third option. Like he's, he is like acknowledging the fact that like not all social media is inherently evil, right? Like they are tools like in, and tools can be used in a good way or in a negative way. Right. Um, and maybe some of these tools are even like you need them for your success. Right. Let's say, like you said, um, what you mentioned before, Tom, where you said, if you only go to social media to check out what other people are doing, right? You're not coming from the creator perspective where you're actually using social media as a tool to create something, right? And then social media might be amazing for you because you need these tools to create value, right? For other people, for yourself. And then they're good to use. Like then why would I take a break from social media then? Like if I use them in a good way, right? And, And provide value to other people or do good things for them and they're vital to my business or to your life or to your happiness. So I guess that's like the third option he proposes here. Like there there needs to be a third one, like a middle where you be more conscious of things, right. Of of conscious, like what your goals are and like what you want to do with these tools. Right. Um, And choosing them very carefully based on these things. Definitely. Definitely. And I think like he, he says it towards the end of this rule. Um, one of the headlines is don't use the internet to entertain yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's like maybe pretty devastating to hear, right? Don't use the inter- internet to entertain yourself. Like what the hell else am I supposed to do on the internet? You might be thinking. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think as a culture, we have this like very large craving, very large desire for entertainment all the time and small chunks. And the small little windows of time that we have free from work, you know, when we're waiting for things, entertainment, bring up Instagram, see what's going on, you know? And I think when you think, of, again, if you think of the internet or social media as a tool rather than as this sort of drug, as this uh, mind numbing substance, then you can actually, you know, use it to better yourself. It's actually like a kind of part of a rant that I've been working on about, you know, the access to information that we have, the access to like pretty much infinite amounts of knowledge, right? That we have at our fingertips every single day. We live in a, in a, in a world where you really can't say, like the, the statement, I don't know, the statement, I don't know how to do this. Like those are not viable anymore, right? Like you really have no excuse to be saying that. Because if you spend any amount of time on something, you know, researching it on the internet, Googling uh, some concept, looking at tutorials on YouTube, taking an online course on some new skill set that you have, like you can really add 
knowledge and add any sort of skill set that you want. So like if you start again, start to think of like the internet and even social media as these tools, as these things that can empower you rather than as just this sort of like unconscious stream of garbage on your feed, you know, uh, it's amazing what you can do. Um, and I think like all three of us are in some ways are a testament to that. You know, I, I would imagine like for me, pretty much everything that I do in business started out as a Google search. It started out as something that I like pretty much just figured out how to do on my own, built up enough confidence to like actually do that and started to develop that skill set. And the more that you can think about the access to information that you have as that, as a, a, as a skill set, as a tool belt, instead of just like this endless stream of entertainment, I think the more meaningful your relationship will be with it. Mm. Right. And what do you think about that, Marlon? Like, what is your tactic towards it? I think we with Tom are clear. We're addicts still, but recovering. <laughs> <laughs> like you mean the tactic to... Like yeah, like, what do you think about social media? Are you on it? I feel like Marlon isn't at all. I'll post something. I'll post something on Instagram and like everyone will like it. And then like <laughs> a week later, like Marlon likes it. <laughs> No, I'm like, oh, just getting around to that one. Huh? That's that's probably me. Yeah, like uh, I, I mean, I think I go through phases. I, I rem like we talked about earlier, like in the second ep like maybe last episode, episode before that, like the science fiction writer. I don't know his name anymore. Like that is completely shut off from right, the internet. Right. Like I, I need to be completely like, uh, like by myself to create good work. And like I feel like I go through these phases as well, where where I completely shut down all social media and. and not engaging in it and then there's focus on focus on the work and then i come out of the woodworks basically and like like certain things on instagram or reply to messages that are like a week old or something and i certainly have friends that don't like that and i can totally i can totally i totally get that i totally understand that and it's something i want to change to be honest because friendships they're nowadays on messenger like that you have to engage kind of with friends in that way but especially with friends that don't live in the same city and you kind of want to keep that friendship up by by texting with them or writing with them in different ways but yeah i feel like i am kind of that person plus um a while ago i was reading an article quite a long one on medium which went into depth on how you can set up your iphone for like productivity like it was a really nice article mm. about like how to set up your your screens and like where to put the apps and like what to turn and turn off in the settings of of the iPhone and i went through all of these steps and it resulted in me like i i, I don't remember right now maybe if you find it we can put it in the show notes um it resulted in me like putting for example on the first screen like you put only the apps you do you use on a day-to-day -day basis right and then on the second screen you have a lot of folders with certain categories where you put all the apps that are part of these categories right like and that that is messaging social media everything everything you basically don't that doesn't provide value to you on a day-to-day -day basis but the thing is you have these folders right but then within these folders you put all of these apps 
in on the second page of that folder, but you don't put them on the first page of the folder. You only put one app on the first page of the folder that you wouldn't actually use at all from all of these apps, right? So that means you need to go first to your second page, go into a folder, swipe to the second page of that folder, and then you can like engage with that app. So it's kind of like that's hiding all of these things in layers. And then I also right. turn off all notifications on my phone. Like I basically don't get any notifications at all, except if you give me a call or something. Um, and maybe a text message. I think I have that on as well, but really for important stuff. And the rest I really engage in when I want to, right? I really engage into Instagram or Twitter or Facebook when I want to, when I do it on my own accord, basically, right? And that's like, since I set that up, it's like, it's probably the reason why I don't engage much in like Instagram. But then again, I want to really engage because I'm also, I am a creator, right? And we, we all creators and we want to put something out there and like, I think that is the time when I will do use it more when I do create certain things and put them out there and like then I um, observe and kind of engage with people and everything. So it's always like twofold with me, right? Yeah, I guess you have to just try different tactics that, yeah, you know, exactly gives you a result or not. Because I tried this tactic as well, like putting Facebook on the fifth screen where you have to swipe five times. And I found myself just automatically just no problem at all, just swiping <laughs> yeah, you, five times. Yeah, it becomes a habit again, right? You don't, you don't really think yeah, exactly. about it. It's true. Like, yeah, it's true. Exactly. It's true. That, that's, the, that's the same thing for me. I do have all the apps I use in a database on the first screen, right? But I always see myself on the second page all the time. Like, <laughs> like when I turn off my screen on my phone, like it's always on the second page, not on the first one. So I do feel like it's the same. Like it's it just shows you it's not enough to have these tricks in there, right? Like you really like it's it's a it's deeply ingrained. And I, if it's already hard for us, or also for me, like imagine people that are on their phone twenty four seven. Like really, they they cannot get rid of that habit. Like how deeply ingrained that is, and it's tough. It's hard, like to to disengage, right? You need these things. Like you need to be conscious of it, right? Um, but that's why I think, and what he talks about in his book as well, you, you need to need to be more conscious of your goals, right? Or how what makes you happy, right? And when you figure that out, you you should really take a close look at the tools you use and figure out do these things make me ha happy, right? Like do they add to my happiness are they important for what i want to achieve and that goes back to the creator mindset you you brought up before like if i'm a creator and i'm i need to use some of these tools to create to put value out there then go for it like there's no bad thing in doing that like as long as it makes you happy right right yeah, yeah. very true yeah and i mean maybe you can go a little bit into the he has some strategies he mentions here, like how to do that, right? How to figure out, like, mm -hmm. like he said, he, he says, like, you should figure out your goals, what makes you happy, right? In your professional life and in your personal life. And then, like, then you take that close look, right? What are the activities you do on a databases and social media and, like, what tool to use? And really get a good overview of, like, these things and then figure out if these add anything to that. Um, I think another thing he 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 says like do quit like as as much as he's saying like there should be a third option right he does say like one of the strategies you can do can do or one of the things you can do is like quit completely um, for like thirty days right and then 
not even uh, not even letting people know that you quit social media just quit it like 30 days quit right. it and then after yeah. these days are done or over like you go back and ask two questions the first one would be would the last 30 days have been notably better if i had been able to use this service and the second question would be did people care that i wasn't using this service and if the answer is no to both of these questions then you can completely quit whatever that service is right so that's kind of a strategical approach to like figuring out okay what of which of these services do i actually need right yeah and then there is that one friend that can just like live without you on that social media and just posting memes to you all the time <laughs> it's like where where have you been yeah it's crazy yeah it's true you, that's I, I guess that's the hard part as well right like you have like your circle of friends is everywhere you don't have just this you don't have all of your friends on one platform there are always people that use this app or that app like and you have to kind of manage right um but that's kind of the war between social media apps right they all want to have everyone and like and then again yep. some tools are better than others in certain things right like um i don't know i feel like when it comes to messaging, like WhatsApp is a big one, but I certainly also see people just using Instagram. Like they don't, they don't even need WhatsApp. They don't even need Facebook and nothing. Like just use Instagram to, to message their friends, right? Right. Yeah. Good for Facebook. They own Instagram and WhatsApp. So they, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really it, matter. They really, like it was smart because, I mean, nobody's using, like at least from the newer generation, like who is actually on Facebook? Who, who's using Facebook, right? Um, I know if I when you when you browse and I mentioned this before when I browse Twitch when I watch people on Twitch they they laugh at Facebook they don't Instagram yeah for sure <laughs> which is funny because like you said Facebook owns Instagram but um, so yeah, wait nobody's... how 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 much time do you watch Twitch on a daily basis yeah. ah, way too much way too much <laughs> believe me there we go we found there it there we go <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret that's the secret yeah, yeah, yeah it's true it's true that's my weakness like i don't do anything else but like i don't do watch tv or anything or even netflix or anything like that mostly like twitch yeah but then so do you watch it when you work no no when i work i don't like it's just gotcha. leisure leisure wise i when i when i have boredom right or when i embrace boredom it's like that like it's kind of the entertainment outlet i use for that Gotcha. Nice. Last chapter. Drain the shallows. I really like this. I, I love. I like the story in the last chapter here, or in rule number four, the final rule. Drain the shallows. That he starts off with talking about Basecamp, uh, software company, thirty-seven signals, now known as Basecamp, which is um, rather appropriately, you know, like a productivity tool for software teams. They tried this experiment where they switched to a four-hour, I mean, not a four-hour, a four-day work week instead of a five-day work week. And what they noticed is they were more productive. They got more things done in four days. You know, there was this sort of backlash, this cultural backlash of, you know, people saying how, you know, like packing a full week into four days, like, isn't, isn't good for workers. It's probably stressful and things. And what the, uh, what the founder said, Jason Fried, Jason Fried or Jason Fried, uh, you know, I really like his statement about 
just, you know, um, what a typical work week looks like. He says, very few people work even eight hours a day. You're lucky if you get a few good hours in between all the meetings, interruptions, web surfing, office politics, and personal business that permeate the typical workday. Fewer official working hours helps squeeze the fat out of the typical work week. Once everyone has less time to get their stuff done, they respect that time even more. I think that's so interesting. Like, and I think it's, it's very true. What is that? We've talked about this before. What is that law that talks about how like, you know, the, the amount of time that it takes to complete something expands to the amount of time that is available to get something done, right? Like if the due date is a month out, that's how long it's going to take to complete the task, even though maybe you could get it done in a week, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I think it's a similar concept here. Like if your work week is only four days and you have requirements that are done in in that segment of the week, your week, your your day-to-day work actually becomes more effective. Like you have more focus, you have less distraction. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting, right? And he, he goes on to talk about how, you know, one thing that they do is they spend at this company Basecamp, they spend all of June. Everyone just focuses on personal projects. Whatever they want to do for that month, that's you know somewhat company related. They can just do that. And at the end of the month, everyone you know talks about everyone pitches on the ideas, the things that they've been working on. And I imagine it's probably a really creative uh, month, something that's filled with a lot of deep work. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think like these ideas, like just like this whole book, you know, these concepts of like sort of just breaking the norm, like not accepting like the, the standard format of work as like what's most effective and what's most productive and what's most meaningful. I think that's really at the basis of everything that he's talking about in, in deep work. And yeah, you know, I mean, I think like it's, it's good to break the rules. It's good to like, try different things and see, you know, if you are more productive and lo and behold, you know, maybe paradoxically, a shorter work week is something that can be more effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I would love to, I don't know if you mentioned that, like what the backlash was to that decision, like four days, I don't know if you mentioned that before, like four days instead of five days, but I would love to ask people that question, like when they say, what, you cannot do four days and then why not? Why can't I do four instead of five? Like what their reaction would be. Like like that and that's all speaks to the fact that and I think he mentioned it as well, right? With the eight hours a day, you rarely do deep work eight hours a day. And we mentioned that before. And actually, based on science, you're actually not able to do deep work eight hours a day that like that intensely. And right. it's just like it is just true. Like five like imagine that eight hours a day deep work. Like it's incredible. Like I mean, maybe there are some people that do that, <laughs> but like it's 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 hard. It's it's really hard, and you definitely are exhausted by the end of it. And if you, I think, and he mentioned it as well in this chapter, like if you exhaust your capacity for deep work during a day, right, it can actually have a detrimental effect on your ability to do it. Like it's it's not really good to to push your boundaries that that hard, right? Like it actually can, yeah, have the opposite. The opposite effect on it right yeah 
And I like, you know, just like the metaphor of like squeezing the fat out of the work week, right? Like making it, I think that's something that all of us can, can think about a little bit more. Is like, is there, is it possible to have one day of complete focus? You know, and I know like that's kind of the opposite of what he was talking about in the last chapter where like you want, you know, you know, you want, you want to be taking breaks from focus rather than be taking breaks from distraction. But like, you know, can you have one day a week where, you know, it's, there is a complete uh, concentration on one thing, you know, and everything else is just not even considered that day. Um, I wonder how much you could get done. Yeah, I mean, another, like, that brings up the, the point where you then go into, or he, he suggests you to really schedule out the whole day, right? And I don't know how much of that you guys do. Like, I certainly tried that, to do that, right? Like, to really schedule my day every minute of it, or at least every hour of it, what I want to engage in. Uh, I failed, of course, unfortunately, at first try, because right. I overshot way too much. I wanted to include and plan out way too much than I could actually handle. And I think that's very common, right? Um, right. But yeah, like having that attention to deliberately schedule your day, like know exactly how you schedule it, or at least what you want to work on, or if it's if it's even like a checklist at the start of the day, right? Just what is the one thing I want to accomplish this day? That's already a scheduling, right? That's already giving you the ability to be more aware of what you want to accomplish and then put that work in. Or it is like completely scheduling out the whole week, like. It really depends, but that is kind of like a suggestion he makes. Like, and that not only goes into what you want to work on, but maybe like we said in before, where where you want to put your boredom, right? Like, how do you want to engage in certain things? Like, when do you want to engage in, like, reading a book, right, or or listening to music, maybe even that, or like talk to your friends, meet up with your friends, right, or go for for lunch or something like that. Um, that is all part of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a great concept, and and. Again, I think, you know, like, like kind of like the last chapter, quitting social media, right? Like scheduling out every minute of your day is maybe like the goal. But even if you can get like every half hour or every hour for the most part scheduled out, where, you know, maybe it's not down to the minute or the second. Uh, but even that activity of like, in, you know, having this sort of plan and a pri prioritization of what's getting done visualizing that the day before you know preparing for that that's very helpful in and of itself and then also when you're looking at those activities right what he talks about is like estimating what the depth of them of those mm -hmm. activities are estimating how much of that is actually deep work versus shallow work and then you can start to prioritize right like the things that are truly deep work the things that are you know, uh, the, the things that you should be focusing on and, and should demand your attention, having those be a priority. And then when you start to notice that these shallow work things maybe can creep in a bit, because I find that in like task, in task management in general, usually it's the things that are simple and pretty like easy to accomplish. Those are things that I'm sort of unconsciously drawn to, to get done. Because I know it's like it's pretty straightforward in getting them done, and I can like knock them out. Whereas the things that are more complex, 
you know, cr that require more mental mental bandwidth. If I'm not conscious about how I prioritize my tasks, those can kind of like sit on my list of things to do for longer because like I know that it's going to be a little bit more demanding. It's going to actually require, you know, focus and concentration for extended periods of time. So yeah, starting to, again, like having that schedule and understanding what you want to focus on every day and then quantifying the amount of depth in each activity and then, you know, being conscious of that and actually focusing on it and, and hopefully having the resources to delegate other things. You know, this question that he has here about how like looking at tasks and then considering how long would it take to train a smart recent college graduate with no specialized training to complete this task, right? Or just <laughs> anyway, like, mm. could I get a virtual assistant to do this, right? Mm. Or could I, could I get somebody else to, to get this stuff done? Like whether it's, you know, like his examples of building a PowerPoint presentation, you know, attending a meeting to discuss the current status of an important project. You know, um, things like that, you know, can you, are you able to delegate mm. something like that? You know, is that really the best activity for you to be focusing on on any, any given day? And then those would be then shallow work tasks as, as we understand it by its definition, right? Right. Yeah. Right. That's true. And the def, the definition of shallow work again is non-cognitively demanding logistics work pretty much, you know, tasks that you can do while you're like watching a movie in the background you know just kind of mm. busy work right like that's another term for shallow work yeah again like the the structuring out and then analyzing these tasks based on like deep work or shallow work it's not really about like being very rigid about it right it's about being thoughtful and always being aware like is this the is this the task that i should spend my time on right now right like or well, what do i do with the time that i have right now It's never really, like, like you said, it's the ideal. The ideal is like to have every minute plan out and everything, but it's not the point of it, right? The point is to be more thoughtful, more aware of where your time goes in a day or in a week, right? Or in a month or in a year, like how, however you track it. But I, I would like to know, like, and we talked about this before, like, do you guys track the time for each of your tasks? Or like, I've even heard people tracking that time for everything in their life, like even like, I don't know, engaging, or you have it on your phone, right, where you engage in social media or in certain apps or something. Like, do you think this is kind of in the same line as like quantifying the depth or shallowness of your work? Like when you track time just in, in an amount of time, how you spend it? Or how do you think this could be helpful for people? I mean, I think it would be really helpful. I, I'm completely intuitive about everything. I mean, like, I, you know, I have the things that are tracked on my phone as far as like the amount of time that's spent on any given app or whatever. Um, and I segment out like portions of the day for, for work. Um, but I don't have like a running log of that. I don't have any statistics. I can't analyze that. I think that would be great to have, but what I was going to say is Marlon, the, the point that you made this question, you mentioned it, you know, like, is this the best use of my time? Or like, what is, like, having that question be a daily focus, like, what is, where should I be putting my energy right now? That's really at the basis of all of this, right? Uh, I think that's, like, one of the most important questions you can be asking yourself every single day. You know, like, if you have big goals that you're trying to achieve, and you're not asking that question, they're really not goals at that point. They're really just, like, this this fantasy, this dream. Asking yourself every single day, where should I 
put my focus? What should I be executing on right now in relationship to what I'm getting done? Again, that sort of like task prioritization mindset. That is deadly. Like that's how you actually move the needle. That's how you actually, you know, get closer to your goals. And uh, yeah, I just really appreciate you mentioning that. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go into that, him talking about being hard to reach and like. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Don't respond. Yeah. You want to go into that? Become hard to reach. I think that's uh that's a Marlin special. Oh boy. Become hard to reach. <laughs> email. I think I mean, email I mean, is the for, big one, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, for work, for us, I'd say, you know, it's, it's easier for us to reach you than probably. Yeah, for else. sure. Um, but yeah, oh God, Marlon definitely embraces the become hard to reach uh, tactic of draining the shallows. Um, <laughs> like you mentioned, though, I mean, like all notifications on your phone, maybe yeah. other than you know texts mm. um, and and calls. You know, like having those removed. That's a great one. Um, I like <laughs> I like the tip in this section. The first tip, make people who send you email do more work. Yeah, I love that one. Right. And that is part of everything, I feel like. Email, you can, you can put, instead of email, you can put like private message or anything that's nowadays the thing, right? However people want right. to contact you, I think. So what does, he, what's it, what does he talk about there? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I like how he just has like a, a, a separate email for you know, anything that's like only the things that are uh, special purpose, right? Mm. That is probably appropriately named interesting at calnewport.com, <laughs> right? And so that's the one where, you know, like he even segments it. I, th I like that way of segmenting things, you know, like maybe there's a general contact email and then there's the one that's like for actual mm. <laughs> inquiries that he might read. Right. Um, but I think even like, I think the email is one thing that I'm pretty good at. You know, like I don't have, I don't have really any desire to respond to emails as soon as I get them. Mm. And I don't even really have a desire to like read them. You know, um, that's, that's one that where I think like the, the feedback loop isn't as strong as maybe social media is. Um, if you get a notification for email, maybe, maybe for older people, like maybe thirties, forties, there is probably more of an attachment to email, but yeah, I find that like, it's, it's pretty easy for me to like, you know, not even look at things until I've pretty much done everything else for the rest of the day. It still feels like just heavier and slow. The email almost <laughs> yeah. like physical mail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it's true. It, and it's probably part of like whatever whatever like your business is or where whatever the circles are you're in like I, I guess it depends on that as well what people use uh that you work with right if, if email is the main main tool they use for communication then and you're in that in those circles then you you need it right or you use it more than just messenger or whatever it might be um so i can totally get that slack. but uh, right slack like i guess the main point is to have whoever sends you something filter themselves before attempting to send you something. Right. And, right. And that's pretty like, that's super key. I, I, I rem like, I mean, 
sometimes it's like sometimes people just send you and it's let's say from like sometimes people send you so less information and you cannot do anything with it right you cannot really um respond properly to it because um because there's not enough information given by them and you like you don't know what you should answer there like what what am i supposed to do now like <laughs> what am i supposed to answer you so i'm always finding myself in situations where i ask them like okay i, I first have to ask a lot of questions before i actually get to the point where they, i can actually answer the question properly um and that's certainly true even more true for people uh that that are really let's say high level business people or, or if i want something from elon musk for example right i send him an email i guess he will never answer me because my my email would probably be way too not specific enough to to him to answer right that's why you whenever you read about how can i contact my mentor or i want to get a mentor or i want like somebody of, of importance to answer me or give me advice like that's why they always tell you like be as specific as possible like they have not a lot of time the more specific you can make it and easy for them to answer the question, the better it is, right? The more they're inclined to just say, oh, I know exactly what I want to write here, bam, 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 bam. Like, that's a big, big part of it. Definitely. I also like his, uh, his last tip in uh, regards to email in general. Don't respond. Just don't respond to emails. Uh, that's one that I certainly embrace as far as emails go and messages for the most part. I'm a, I'm a notoriously bad texture. Um, mm. I think the you know, not responding to things is, it's like, if it's life-threatening, if it's something that has to happen, if you have to respond to it, that person will make sure that you know that and you will respond. Other than that, you really don't, you can just ignore it. Don't even bother. <laughs> so what, Tom, you just have to add, please respond at the end of your message. <laughs> <laughs> I do PLZ that sometimes. Respond. Like, I do yeah. that sometimes. I do, I, I write for a joke more, mostly, like, please respond. Please do respond. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. a second message. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny. No, but, like, I, I agree with that, like, if people really want to reach you, they know how to. Like they can give you a call. Right. Like they can they there are ways to do that. And I guess it's then your responsibility to leave that ways open for them. Like you should give them that that way to do that, right? Like if you completely shut off everything, they cannot even reach you with like in a in an emergency, right? Not even by a phone call. Right. Like that's probably also not good. Or they can only reach yeah. you by sending you a physical mail. Um, <laughs> that's probably also not. Uh yeah. but yeah, I I I get that. And it makes you like hard to reach, right? I don't know. Maybe it's also psychological then for people to like, uh, you kind of have to teach them, right? You kind of teach them as well to that you're not a person that is always 24 seven on there and like can answer you everything all the time because then they think, oh, I can do, th do this all the time and I get a response every day and like right. at any time. So, and yep. you don't want to do that as well. Like, and so you have to kind of, it's kind of from that angle as well. You kind of teach them how you use social media, how you use these messenger platforms and everything. Um, yeah. I'd say it's true, like not only with messaging, but also just with like news in general. Yeah. It's like you really, you really don't need to be in contact. You really don't have to have access to, to updates on things in your personal circle, in your business circle. 
Maybe with your relationship. Maybe of course. with your significant yeah. other. I don't know. It depends on how your relationship goes. But yeah. uh, <laughs> when it comes to emails, and I would say also with news, it's like you really don't have to pay attention to any of it mm. unless it's, you know, again, if it's something that is life-threatening, super urgent, you're going to hear about it. You know, that's just the nature of that type of information is going to get to you if it's that important. Otherwise, it probably isn't that important. If you can ignore it and nothing happens, you should ignore it. Why, why waste your time on it? Yeah, even if it's life-threatening, you can ask, how bad is it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. filter out. <laughs> Tom, Tom, like, your best friend's in hospital. Well, how, how serious is it? <laughs> yeah. Can well, you wait till the end of the week? Is he still breathing? Okay, then, like... <laughs> Um, then he'll wait. We're starting a wave right. of. I'll send him some flowers. Yeah. In the meantime, we're getting contact by listeners. Like, dude, I did what you told me. Like, <laughs> I don't have any friends anymore. <laughs> I missed. I missed the final moments of his life. I guess the, uh, the last one, the last tipsy or the last tip he gives you is be like put more work into the response you give. Right. For email, for example, like whenever you give a response, like, um, like address what they said. And then give them options to for next for next things. Like for example, if you want to meet up with somebody, you don't just like, um, oh, let's meet up, and that's the email. It's more like, yeah, let's meet up. I'm available at this time or this date. Like, or I would be available for, on this day or this day. Like, which of these two is better for you? Like, give them something to base their next action on, right? And then you, you have a much better way of communicating that goes further. Pet peeve. You know what really grinds my gears? What is it? When you're attempting to schedule something with somebody, right? Mm -hmm. This happened to me recently where someone had to reschedule. They say, they, I get a message, Tom, sorry, you know, something came up. We're going to have to reschedule. This time doesn't work for me anymore. <laughs> End of message. <laughs> Okay, what? You want me to now give you all the options that, like, give me something to work with here. Mm. Like, you know what the proper message is? If you're going to reschedule with me is, hey, sorry, you know, like, this, I have to reschedule. Here are three different times that work for me. Does any of this work for you? Mm. Is, do you have any flexibility on this? Like, you expect me to respond to you rescheduling with no other options, not, not providing any more information into what could possibly work, to be like, yeah, here's my schedule. Here's exactly, like, why don't you just fucking figure out whatever time works for you that I have open. Thomas Trigger. You know, it's like, <laughs> they, they should have added, please respond. Please respond. Please respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's a, that's a, a good tip in general for scheduling is like, yeah. if you can, like, you have to move that action forward in some way mm. you know so like providing what opportunities are available for scheduling or you know whatever the whatever the point of the conversation is like how can you push the ball forward a little bit through your message right. and you can't just be like affirming what the other person is saying it's like yes and right like yes we're rescheduling and these are the times available for me does any of that work for you mm. you know like if you're not if you're not moving that we're kind of getting, this isn't really deep work anymore, but if you're not moving the, the ball forward, it just, it really bothers me. I'm not going to respond to you. I haven't, that happened last week. I haven't responded to that person. 
you know, and I'm probably just going to forget about it. Yeah, I mean, but it's true. It's the shallow, shallow work, right? Like now you yeah. engage in this endless circle of like, oh, cool, you can make it. All right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until somebody saying like, okay, should we maybe reschedule? Like, should we maybe put another date? That's true. Yeah. All right. We want to wrap it up. Final thoughts yes, on deep it. work. You know, it's a great book from a great author. Um, Cal Newport is a really interesting guy. I think we should definitely look at his other book at some point, Digital Minimalism. Deep Works, I, I really, just being introduced to the concept, I think, is important in and of itself. Even if you don't like employ any of the strategies or the tactics, just being conscious of the different times, the different types of work you have and like considering the distinctions between busy work or, or shallow work and between, you know, focused work or, you know, deep work, um, I think is like a really important concept for anyone that's trying to be a more productive, more successful version of themselves. And then on top of that, you know, employing any of the strategies in this book, I mean, the amount of progress you can make through these, these strategies and tactics, I think is, uh, it's really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically getting more done while working less. Right. Four hour work week. Yeah. You can definitely get the four hour work week, right? Or the four hour work day. If you were doing four hours of deep work every single day, I mean, like the amount of... That's, that's that's kind of the ma- on average that's kind yeah. of the maximum you can achieve or right. can do while still being very productive so but i think like i mean we said it all like it's it's a very important skill to have nowadays it's the one thing that is that will distinguish you and is distinguishing you from the competition or anyone out there like and the sooner you master that the better not only for your business goals right for like your professional goals but also for your personal goals right and I guess, like we said, being thoughtful, I think, is a good message here. Like, don't just accept everyth- everything for a fact. Don't just accept a new feature that is introduced to make it easier for you to communicate on certain platforms or to be up to date with something as the one and all, right? Like, make, your, make up your own mind, make up your own thoughts around it. And like, how does that achieve actually, how does that bring you closer to your personal and professional goals? And then use these tools accordingly. Definitely. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, like I mentioned before, I mean, if you if you listen to us talk for, about this book for three episodes, maybe you should buy it, or maybe not. Maybe you should just listen to our book summaries instead of reading, you know? Use our podcast, Just a Thought, as a source for all of your new knowledge on books. You can think of us as your library. If you like this episode, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star rating. Tell us how awesome we are, how much you like the soothing sounds of our voices. (laughs) (laughs) And and we'll be back again soon with another episode of Just a Thought. Marlon's reeling in his chair. (laughs) No, I love this. I love Uh, this. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Mm